on the crosstalk on WIZM. I'm Mike Hayes, and our guest from home uh, in, uh, in uh, well, not lockdown, but uh, Senator Ron Johnson spending as much time on the telephone, probably more time on the telephone now than he did when he was in Washington, D.C., joins us for a couple of minutes of update. Uh, Senator, thank you very much for joining us. You and your family uh, safely at home and safe. Is that correct? Uh, good morning, Mike. Yep, we are, and hope you're staying healthy as well. Well, we're, we're doing our very best. I, I worry sometimes because every time you turn around, a new study points to new information, and immediately you start hearing from some that will say, see, I told you they were lying, and I wonder, could we just have an update on information? I mean, people don't go berserk when the weatherman says it's going to be 70, and it turns out to be 68. We're having a bird. Uh but in, in this case, uh, it's a little more serious when the COVID-19 tests are showing this many people have it. And then a study says, wait a minute, about half of those tests are inaccurate. Uh, people need to stop paying attention maybe to the daily, daily, daily numbers, don't they? Well, as I've been arguing for quite some time, I think we need to put this all in perspective. Uh, understand, yes, COVID-19 is a serious disease. It's, it's puzzling to many doctors in terms of exactly how it manifests itself, you know, what, why it causes uh, so many deaths. Um, but at the same time, we have to recognize the human toll of the economic devastation as well. And so you, I, I've been trying not to be critical of, of any elected officials having to make some very tough decisions with, with imperfect and limited information. But we're, we're starting to accumulate the information. You have to take a look at you know, what, what do we really need to look at. Remember, the whole purpose stated of, of flattening the curve, not, not allowing this to grow exponentially, uh, you know, in other words, get to herd, mental, herd immunity sooner than we will now, was to prevent our hospital and healthcare systems from being overwhelmed. Now, New York came pretty darn close, but still, they never ran out of ventilators. They set, set up the, the hospital ships and set up the, J, the Javits Center that never got filled up. The rest of, almost virtually the rest of America, the hospital systems have been underwhelmed. We stopped doing elective procedures, and you have to point out one person's elective procedures, another person's life-saving treatment or diagnostic test. We're laying off nurses and doctors. So maybe that's the, the uh, metric we ought to look at is, is hospitalizations. Uh, we need to make sure that the death count is as accurate as possible. And I just came off a call with the White House. They, they, they're doing more of the antibody tests, and Right now, it sounds like, and again, this is all preliminary, but it looks like the infection rate is somewhere between 10 to 12 percent of the population. If, if that's true, you have to take a look at our current data and realize that the, the infection fatality rate is looking like it'll be probably about double of what a normal or a normal flu season is, or maybe a bad flu season. Okay, which is about 0.13 to, to point. Uh, 1.8% of, of the number of people get infections. So, again, all, this, all these numbers are changing, uh, but let me finish on this last point about Sweden. Their number of deaths as a percent of population is 0.048%. That is lower than the U.K., Spain, Italy, and it's pretty much comparable to France. It's lower than seven states and the District of Columbia here in, in the U.S. They, I think, instituted probably the most rational policy, quarantine the sick, uh, protect the vulnerable, and let the rest of us carry on with our lives, respecting this virus, being the germaphobes we've all become, that alone will probably flatten the curve. So, again, you got you got to change policy based on updated information. 
Right. And can we open the country up uh, as uh, safely? Are we causing more problems, obviously, with the unemployed? And uh, uh, those numbers uh, continue to be a huge problem. But opening up the country still seems to be real scary for a lot of people. I spoke to people this morning who are not ready to go to a restaurant yet. And and here you and I are talking about (sighs) take a deep breath and go get out there and have a life. No, 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 not yet. I'm, I'm still, uh, I'm still nervous about that. I'm not taking my kids any place. Well, again, I don't want to downplay the severity and how nasty this disease is, but I think to a certain extent we've 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 overestimated how awful and dangerous this is. You know, particularly when you're young, it, it, it's really appearing that it's not a particularly nasty disease for the young. It's, it's really the the elderly and people with other comorbidities. But I've always argued that we should have taken a look at their economy and looked at those businesses, those organizations, those activities that, that literally did represent a significant risk for out-of-control spread. Have those businesses closed down. Uh, make sure that those businesses and, and their employees have the financial support they need to survive and be able to reopen and rehire. But then let the rest of the businesses and, and, you know, realize most of them, you know, most businesses Every business, every organization is essential to somebody, but keep as much of our economy as open and as open safely as possible. That's not the approach we use. So I think we've, we really didn't incur far more economic devastation than we needed to, and I think we've ramped up the fear factor on this disease more than is, is truly justified by, by what the, the facts are. Does opening up the country uh, lessen that fear? Does it give those uh, people who are... Uh, a, a little less concerned, the opportunity to say, see, told you it wasn't going to be so horrible. Let's just have a life. Come on. Well, I think what you will find is is people start going about their business and, and they don't get infected. Again, we are social distancing. We're, we're wearing masks in grocery stores. We're, we're staying away from people. Um, and so I, I think we flatten the curve, and I don't think we have as many as number as many infections early on as, as people would assume. As When you start carrying on your life, you do start feeling a little more comfortable and have a little less fear. One of the reasons I've been pushing allowing doctors to be doctors, to practice medicine, to, to explore different theories and different therapies, is to reduce that fear factor. What I've seen talking to doctors that have used hydroxychloroquine and zinc early, early in the treatment, not late, but early, uh, like other antivirals like Tamiflu, they have to be used early in treatment. It seems to be pretty effective. We won't know for sure until we have the double-blind studies, but why not let doctors be doctors? Let them practice medicine. Instead, we, you know, Dr. Bright there highly restricted the prescription of hydroxychloroquine with his emergency use authorization. Uh, we shouldn't have done that. We, we need to make sure that doctors can, again, explore different theories of this, try different therapies. That would break the, this uh, crisis almost overnight, to b- break the back of it. If we had an effective therapy to cure, so people, again, weren't so fearful that if they get it, uh, they don't you know, immediately assume they're going to go in the hospital and die. Should China or will China be held accountable in any fashion for all of this since they withheld so much information for so long? Yes, I think they'll be held accountable. Uh, we need to find out exactly what happened. What we do know happened is they pretty well locked down Wuhan uh, in terms of travel to other places in China, and yet they let... I don't know the exact figure. I've, I've been told one figure seems awful high, so I don't want to quote over the over the over, on the radio. But they let 
tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people traveled to other parts of the world out of Wuhan. And that certainly spread it throughout the world. So they're certainly culpable there. Uh, they're certainly culpable from a standpoint of, of keeping this very quiet and not you know, providing the World Health Organization and, and countries like the U.S. access to the truth. So there's a lot of culpability there in terms of how they're held accountable. Um, that, that I think we need to be careful of. Um, but you really need a united world demanding that, that China start following the rules that the rest of us live by. And they're not right now. We'll see how that all plans out. And, of course, have the opportunity to speak with you again uh, very soon, uh, soon, I am sure. Senator Ron Johnson, thank you very much for talking with us this morning. Be careful. Be careful out there.